it's just full on horror in Texas. This storm, these back-to-back storms, uh, we've had lots of states deal with it. There's been cold weather everywhere. Ten people so far have died in Texas since Sunday. People have been without power, without water, going on three and four days. Never mind the pipes that have burst and the damage that has been done. And there are people just laughing. Laughing. Ah, Texas. Uh, You got all that oil, but you can't produce any power. Hmm? Guess you shouldn't have Republicans in charge. Just like coronavirus. If our plan is to needle poke fun at without having any factual basis whatsoever as opposed to trying to figure out what has gone wrong we're nuts but too many people like to be ignorant they like to just get a good one on twitter and then they forget about it their life is not impacted but there's a lot to learn from what happened in texas and it ain't the only place having issues tony katz tony katz today 833 got tony 833-468-8669 four people died from carbon monoxide poisoning in oregon they're all inside they're they're running whatever heating systems they are there are problems these things happen and they're awful never mind there have been people who fell through the ice in in tennessee there was a tornado monday in north carolina it is snowing in Jerusalem. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Snowing in Jerusalem. Video of the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu making snowballs. It's crazy. There is snow at the Acropolis. That's Greece, baby. All I know is global warming is real. Wait, hold on. This just in. It's not? Okay. There's weird things afoot, for sure. It happens sometimes. It absolutely happens. What has happened in Texas is not that, oh, these people don't know how to run a power grid, meaning Republicans. What has happened is that they didn't properly prepare as we are hearing for some of these issues and some of these issues quite possibly were not preparable. You've got the power outages and burst pipes. You're going to have problems with water getting to people. You've got the, the, those issues because of the power issues. The power issues come from a multiplicity of, 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 of a convergence of issues. Natural gas moves a lot of the energy of Texas. Those pipes are not insulated. Well, if you have weather, right, that's freezing in Texas, how in the world do you expect the, the, the natural gas to move? I'm staring at a map right now looking at some of the Texas uh, weather conditions, and they still have this crazy cold front uh, coming through. But understand that the temperatures uh, towards, uh, do they call that the panhandle? I know it's the panhandle of Florida. What do they call that? 
near the top of Texas. 17 degrees, 24 degrees outside of of Dallas, 28 degrees in Austin, 33 degrees in Houston. These are the highs. It's just that this whole weather system has dipped low. So if natural gas is the way you do things and then you have the pipes freezing, no one is at fault. This is something that has happened. Maybe something that you'd have to have a plan for. Certainly you have to realize that green cannot get you through the bad times. Green only works in perfect conditions. The the turbines, they froze over. That's only part of the issue because the turbines weren't going to provide the power. The wind turbines, the big windmills, they weren't going to provide the power because the wind wasn't blowing in a way that would move those turbines. turbines. The batteries that hold the power lost 60%. Of their, of their holds because batteries don't do well in the cold. Then you had some nuclear uh, options that went offline because it got so cold the safety sensors triggered. But one of the other stories, and we're going to hear this from Chuck DeVore of the Texas Public Policy Foundation a little bit later. What about the things like coal, the things that work? Well, were they online or are they not online? Or have people been moving to get them offline because we have to go to this green world? You don't have to go to a green world. You may want to go to a green world, but you can't go to a green world until it works. Nobody is going to colonize Mars until they can be guaranteed that they can breathe. We should colonize Mars, great, but we can't colonize Mars because we don't have air. Now, you can say, hey, Tony, that was the best example you could go for. It's the one that came to mind. The argument is not that solar and wind should never, ever be pursued. Pursue them. Engage better technology to make them more viable. But they're not viable today. A state will die if they rely on those things. And no, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, the answer is not we need a Green New Deal more than ever. You can't make it work. And the people of Texas see this. So there's a huge grouping of events that took place in Texas. And there are now uh, conversations of commissions and everything else. If we want to get to a place where some people have to lose their job, I guess you can go down that road. And maybe we'll learn that some people have to lose their job. It's not just going to be Andrew Cuomo. Oh, Andrew Cuomo needs to lose his job. But we'll get to that in a second. But we'll bring him back a little bit of foreshadowing right there. But we have to figure out what happened and how do you ensure it doesn't happen again? Now, this brings us to a part two story about optics and the optics of Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, who I swear to you, I have absolutely no idea what in the world he is thinking or was thinking. I have no idea I have no defense. It is absolutely insane. Are, 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 are you ready? Here we go. Ted Cruz was photographed getting on a plane to Cancun. Say this again. Ted Cruz, the senator of Texas, where people are dying in the cold, photographed in an airport with his family getting on a plane 
to Cancun. Oh, he was wearing a mask? Well, then everything's fine. There you go. They're not saying it was a scheduled vacation. He's been there before and got on a plane to Cancun. Now, I agree with two things. Number one, Ted Cruz is not going to be able to turn the power on. He's not going to be able to do a Mr. Miyagi, you know, rubbing the hands together and get Danielson's leg to work. All of a sudden, everything's warm and beautiful again. That's not happening. But when the state is in crisis, you don't leave. You tell the kids to put on a sweater. Because other people's kids got to put on sweaters. Now, some of these people, they may be able to get on a plane to Cancun. If they've got the money, I'm not opposed to getting on a plane to Cancun. You're the elected official. You don't run away when things get tough. Now, the problem with everything I just said is that that hold to account is going to happen. And Andrew Cuomo, oh, the foreshadowing comes back. Andrew Cuomo might actually get off on murdering thousands. Ted Cruz wanted to be warm. Andrew Cuomo put forth policies and then lied about them, lied about the numbers and tried to cover it up while threatening other people. We'll, we'll, we'll share that. I do not want a situation, and I'm willing to fight a situation, where all we're going to do is talk about Ted Cruz and we're not going to talk about Andrew Cuomo. No, 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 no. I could do five things at once, and so can you. Multitasking is the name of the game. But holy crap. What is he thinking? Now, there's, there's a, a conversation about how he is flying back today. So is he flying his family down there and then coming back? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There is no getting away from the fact that it's a terrible, awful, miserable look. I mean, it's just, it's just wretched. And of course, it's politics, man. Of course, uh, so much of this matters. Perception? Oh, you could take care of your family. What about our families? We can't afford to just fly to Cancun. What about us? Ted Cruz has nothing to do with the power situation in Texas in terms of how uh, something called ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, or, uh, or some of the other agencies may have known about this, how they prepared, or the lack of preparation. Zero. Zero. But it's hard to come across as, um, as a leader when you are so distancing yourself from the problem. You see this? Not the election. Not a questioning of how things were done in the states. No, 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 no. You see this? This stops you from being president of the United States. This kind of thing stops you from being electable. It got cold and you ran away. That is going to be the message. It doesn't matter if he comes back today. To leave is nuts. Now, 
if we could, I, I could find a couple ways where the story goes away. His wife was already down there. He was flying his other child down there and then flew back. Okay. You don't have to have the kid fly alone. You go boom, you go bip, and there it is. It's like if you drove the kid to grandma's house in Boynton Beach. That, may, I, that, that can work. That can work. The plan was to go there, come back, and that's it. The wife better already be down there. <laughs> already better be down there. And then an explanation about why the other kid didn't go and everything else. Other than that, ugly day for Ted Cruz. But remember something. Ted Cruz, bad optics. Andrew Cuomo, well, that's a stone-cold killer. I'm Tony Katz. Well, I knew that the rush hate was uh, was nuts, right? And I knew uh, that you don't look at the comments after hearing about the the death of Rush Limbaugh. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. But man, I wasn't ready for this. I was not ready for Joy Reid. You can't lie this much. You can't be this vicious. You can't be this bigoted while claiming somebody else is a bigot and do it with a straight face. No possible way. Now, I've been, of course, you know, we talked about Rush Limbaugh yesterday, and I wrote a piece uh, that is now up at NBCNews.com. Yeah. Yeah, they reached out to me. Uh, somebody I, I know there, and I'm like, yeah, all right, but I'm writing what I want to write. And they're like, yeah, that's why we want it. From Tony Katz, Rush Limbaugh was conservative radio's happy warrior. That's what liberals don't understand. I'll, I'll get to my piece in a second. But back to Joy Reid. Joy Reid is attacking Rush Limbaugh, uh, calling him uh, uh, basically uh, a bigot, saying he's he's responsible for this nastiness and that nastiness, the other nastiness. Follow what happens next. I mean, you know, Dana, he called, um, you know, the Affordable Care Act, you know, secret reparations and, tra- and racialized something that had no, no racial undertone to it other than it definitely lifted people of color on average, you know, more because black and brown people had less health care, right? But he racialized it and he got white Americans to hate the Affordable Care Act. He called President Obama Barack the Magic Negro and used his black sidekick as a cover to be able to do like that kind of outright racist stuff. I mean... Stop, take a breath. I should have warned you to keep your hands on the wheel. Let's 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 start. I wouldn't have listened enough to know if somebody thought that Rush racialized it, but pay no attention because the whole conversation of something that's going to make producer Ari so nervous. Magic Negro. Things I did not think I'd ever be saying or talking about on the show. Do you know where this term comes from? I didn't. Until I saw the video, I had actually never heard it. So what did I do? 
I searched for it. And you know where I found the topic? Urban Dictionary. Now, I want to say, uh, fair warning, Uh, if you're at work, do not open up Urban Dictionary. That's That's a bad idea. You can find things, you can read things on Urban Dictionary that you can never unread. So the definition is a token black guy in films who fills the stereotype of being impossibly old, wise, and sometimes able to actually perform magic to give guidance to the main white hero, which may explain why the magical Negro stereotype is the most popular in movies geared towards a white audience. So, Chef from South Park, Morgan Freeman, these are the examples, the Oracle from The Matrix, and Barack Obama. And then they have some non-black magical Negroes as Mr. Miyagi and Jackie Chan. I had never heard this till today. By the way, someone's going to take this this subject so out of context and try and get me fired. It's going to be hilarious. I'm quoting Joy Reid. And yes, I believe that he's got a uh, like he he did a like a skit, a bit, a musical bit uh, about Barack Obama like that. But he didn't invent the term. Could it possibly be that it's Rush being taken out of context to discuss how others are viewing him? I don't know. I didn't hear it. But then she says this. Obama, Barack the Magic Negro, and used his black sidekick as a cover to be able to do like that kind of outrage. The black sidekick has a name. It's Bo Snurdly. That's the name he uses on the show. And what does he refer to himself as? The official Obama criticizer. Yes, he's black. I've never met the man. He's he's just there to give Rush color because of the color of his skin. He can't have a mind of his own. That's the bigotry. You're taking a subject out of context, or I should say not even providing context to your audience, which is a despicable thing to do to your audience. That's real hate. And then you call a black man a a sidekick, a token, a, wait, what was the term? Oh yeah, it's on Urban Dictionary. That kind of thought process isn't magical. It's ridiculous. So Tim Tebow has... Retired from the Mets. Did he ever play? Not in the majors. He never played in the majors, right? Made Always the in the minor a, leagues. Yeah. Um, me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio Parlor, Tony Katz. You can find me on Twitter as well if you choose, Tony Katz. I always liked him. I never understood why he didn't get another shot in the NFL. Because he can't throw. He can throw, and that's... It's, it's just ridiculous to say otherwise. Of I course know. he can throw. He has won 100% more playoff games than you. That's your standard? Who's better than me? I'm five foot five. Well, I'm just saying that I can't. I'm not going to listen to you tell me he can't throw. Either he, that, he, that he can't throw the way uh, pro quarterbacks throw. That doesn't mean he isn't serviceable, useful in, in all sorts of ways. And I never understood it. I've seen lots of guys who don't really have it have great careers as backups and everything else. So it's always been confusing uh, to me. When he would decide to go into baseball, I'm like, dude, man, go ahead, give it a shot. But we all understand that baseball is near impossible, right? 
hitting a baseball is remarkably difficult. And every calculation you make on the field, I'm not a baseball guy. I have never enjoyed baseball. Even when I go to a game, the only thing I love about a baseball game is that unless you're down the third baseline and the first baseline, you don't really have to pay attention. Right? As a, as a fan, you can just, like, do whatever. You can take a nap. And then when you hear cheering, you're like, oh, look, we scored. Oh, they got out. Okay, I'm taking back a nap. Get back to sleep. You're on the first or third base line. You got to be worried about a ball or a bat coming right for your skull. You have to be aware at all times. But you got to understand exactly how much math is at play. All right, the runner's on second. This guy's got this count. We've got this many runs. Here's what's possible. All the possibilities, all the variations of everything going. Charles Krauthammer used to go to Nationals game after after doing his work on Fox and in the car and, and go and try and get there by like this, the second inning. And Krauthammer would be trying to figure out what pitch is going to be thrown based on what was thrown prior, what who the batter is, what were the tendencies were, like breaking it down to that level of, of, of scientific analysis. And I'm like, I always was like, that's too much work. That's too much work. So that Tebow, you know, didn't sur- survive as a, as a baseball player, I, I get. I do understand it. It's, it's, it's not easy. Um, in three years, his batting averages were 223, 299, and 338. He did work his way up. And maybe if there had been a season uh, last year, maybe he'd be like, all right, maybe he'd have a chance. But he's an interesting guy and an interesting character. And you'd have to take a look at his career and ask yourself, was he successful? Right? What makes success in, in that way? He's got a Heisman Trophy to his name. He's a, he's a living god at the University of Florida. Right? That, that man goes to Gainesville and the, the doors just open up. It's got to be kind of stunning for somebody who is so revered in the college game and just can't make it work in the pro game. What is it that happens in that regard? But he never seemed like a guy who took it in a, in a way of, of anger, at least not publicly. He's like, all right, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll do whatever I can. I wanted to do this. No, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, there was a whole conversation about wanting to move Tebow and move his position, right? Uh, was, was it to be a receiver or a tight end or something tight like end. that? It was tight end, right? Uh, and he was like, no, 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 I'm a quarterback. He made a decision. He made a decision that this is what I do. This is who I am. And when he couldn't make that work, he's like, all right, I'll go do this thing. He was then writing books. He's got his foundation. He's helping kids and kids with learning disabilities and all sorts of things. Is he a success? Well, I think the answer to the question at all times is, I don't get to make that call. I don't get to make that call. Philip Rivers retired from the Indianapolis Colts after playing 16 years with the uh, San Diego Chargers. Maybe it was longer. No ring. He's got records. He's got great skill. He's, he had an incredible career. No ring. Is he a failure? Is he a success? I don't know. He's 38 years old and still has his knees and his mental faculties. And now he's going to go coach high school Football, because his kid is there. You, you tell me what's success. 
How does that work? How do you make that determination? It's, I I was watching a, a documentary, which is criminally insane, about the amazing Jonathan. Nuts. It's, it's, it's nuts. It is nuts. You don't know if you're getting played. You don't know if somebody else is getting played. Watch the documentary about the amazing Jonathan. The amazing Jonathan was a magician and comic when I was growing up, you know, and and he was big in the 80s, 90s. Um, Funny, a little dirty, crazed. I knew who he was. But when you think of comics, it's Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, and it's Seinfeld, right? It's George Carlin. You don't even, you know, get yourself uh, in, you know, it's Robin Williams. You don't even get yourself into uh, Bernie Mac, right? You don't don't even think about that as being uh, famous. Guys like Robin Harris, Bebe's kids, I mean, and, and certainly his whole, his whole history. There's a guy who died way too soon. Amazing Jonathan has quite a few million dollars in the bank and lives in Vegas. Doesn't have to work a day in his life. Now, there's a whole story there, and it's crazy. My question to you is, is he a success? Because you may have never heard of him. Is success really being the household name? As my father often uh, says to me uh, about uh, Hollywood and entertainment, you know, he would say this years ago when I was a kid. And the numbers have changed. But Hollywood is the only place where you can make half a million dollars a year and everyone considers you a failure, including you. His point was, and it was, it was always a, a good point, even if he beat it to death, was that you could do very, very well for yourself. You know, I don't think you should be sneezing at a half million a year. There are character actors who you've seen in a million things, and you're like, oh, what's their name? They're never going to win an Oscar. They're never going to win an Emmy. They're working actors. That's where the expression comes from. We're not talking about the Cruises or the Cloonies or the Scarlett Johansons. We're talking about working actors who can walk down the street and no one bothers them, who can get a coffee and no one can spell their name. Right? Are they failures? They may look at other actors and consider themselves failures because, you know, they all want to do Macbeth. But they end up doing Macbeth, which is some kind of film for the Hallmark Channel. Are they failures? It's a weird, weird thing to gauge your success, your failure, your feeling, your 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 passions against what others describe as successful. And that's why I've always liked the story of Tim Tebow. It's always why, why I wanted him to, to get the shot because I've always appreciated that the very concepts of success that others talk about, he didn't feel applied to him. What applied to him was what he thought was success. When you learn that Philip Rivers was like, I'm going to retire to Alabama and coach my kids' high school football team. I was like, that's my guy. That's a complete understanding of what you value and what's important. Are there twinges? Maybe. I would say that that's rational. 
they're twinges. But there's nothing about Tim Tebow's career that I don't see as a success because he has managed to do what he wants, try what he wants, stand up for what he wants. If that isn't success, I swear to you, I have no idea what it is. I'm Tony Katz. It's time to uh, take a look at law schools and decide whether or not they should still be allowed to be law schools. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. This story comes from the Epic Times. And it's a story about David Schoen. Now, David Schoen was one of President Trump's lawyers, uh, defense lawyers, uh, for the impeachment. And it was David Schoen who made um, a pretty solid uh, argument, I would argue, for why the trial should not have happened. And it was him who specifically noted that it was Patrick Leahy, the senator from Vermont, who was overseeing the proceedings. And how could a senator who gets to vote and already said that Trump is guilty before hearing any evidence be somebody who is impartial in covering a proceedings? The Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts, isn't going to preside. Therefore, this isn't even an impeachment. What are we doing here? I thought that was a good argument. I also thought that there was no doubt that things were going to go forward. I thought the Senate actually had to take up the case, personally. But there was no way there was going to be conviction. And I argued that the senators who voted for conviction really got it wrong. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska got it wrong. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. If the argument is you don't like something that President Trump said, that's one thing. If the argument is that... He incited insurrection. You know you don't have it. You know you don't have it. Don't let your anger interfere with the constitutional responsibility or the values of the Constitution. Don't do not do such a thing. One man's theory. One man's theory. I hope uh, Senator Ben Sass takes that to heart. One day I'm going to hopefully inter- interview the man. I would love to. I would love to sit down with, with, with Ben Sass. I will come to Lincoln. Sit down. I, you you guys decide the place. Does, does the man drink? Can we have a bourbon? Can we have a cigar? You just want to do it over a steak? I, whatever, wherever you tell me to go, I will do it. I will sit down. I will talk to. I will interview Ben Sass. I'd love to. But David Schoen, David Schoen, I thought did a did a fine job. Did not embarrass himself at all. But he did an interview with Epic Times, and he tells the following story: I was hoping to teach a civil rights course at a law school in the fall. We've been in talks about it, kind of planning it out. I wrote to them and I said, I want you to know I'm going to be representing Donald Trump in the impeachment case. I don't know if that impacts on your decision at all. Well, the school wrote him back. And they said, you know, they appreciated my writing. And frankly, it would make some students and faculty uncomfortable. So I couldn't do it. Now, he won't say what the school is. Man, 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 do I want to know what the school is. Because what they're saying is, we can't have somebody teaching who thinks that someone's entitled to a defense in America. Some people aren't entitled to a defense. Don't you know that? 
Oh, defenses are for people who deserve a defense. But some people are evil. Evil, I say. Innocents are proven guilty. Not in our eyes. They are guilty. No defense can be given. A lawyer giving a defense. Madness, I say. Take away their law license. I'm assuming that's the way they talk. If your student can't handle the fact that you defend people you might despise, then your student can't be a lawyer. They're not a lawyer. They're not interested in the law. They're interested in activism. And we have no need for those people to be bar approved. Those people need to be dropped. Some might think drop kicked. But if you're a law student who doesn't think that somebody who defends Donald Trump should be a professor, you're going to be a crap lawyer. Oh, well, maybe in today's world, you're going to be a woke lawyer, but you're maybe what, you're a crap person. No, I don't want to say you're a crap person. Maybe you haven't thought about it, but you're in law school, so you're supposed to know better. I'm very confused. Let me try and help. Your job is to defend the person. Nope. Rephrase that. The American citizen deserves a defense. There you go, Tony. Much better. That's a good place to start. The American citizen deserves a defense. As a matter of fact, the American citizen gets a defense. As a matter of fact, if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. That's how important it is. That's how ingrained in our DNA as Americans it is, regardless of our race, regardless of our gender, regardless of our socioeconomic class. That's how important. Donald Trump gets a defense. You know who got a defense? Mike Tyson. You forget little law students. Mike Tyson raped a woman. And there were lawyers who defended Mike Tyson. You know where Mike Tyson is today? Doing movies and Broadway shows and attending roasts on Comedy Central. (laughs) They made cartoons of him. Isn't that adorable? Cartoon Mike the Rapist Tyson. He paid his debts to society, okay. If that's your argument, that's fine. But when he was being accused of rape, did he deserve a defense? He violated a woman. He attacked a woman. He physically abused a woman. He used his power to domineer a woman. Now tell me he deserved the defense. You see, the lawyer knows that, of course, he deserved a defense because every American gets a defense. That's the answer. That's the only answer. As a matter of fact, any other answer is insane or, nah, better said, un-American. There we go, Tony. Un-American. You get a defense. Donald Trump gets a defense. And if you think otherwise, you should really end up being a barista at some hipster coffee house where you can all complain about the man. Even though when you think somebody shouldn't get a defense, you're the man. Don't you get it? You're the oppressive power. Not Trump. You. That might blow your mind. You might have to sit down and breathe through that like it's Lamaze class, but that's cool. I wish I knew the name of this law school so I would know never to hire a lawyer who went there. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, Parlor Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.